tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Welcome back to another week on Televised Heroics. We're watching all the TV shows you love to watch. Because, if I mean, why else would you be listening to us if you weren't, you weren't loving these shows as, as much as we do, right, Daniel? Loving these shows, is that the correct term to use? Okay, uh, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, at the moment, I am kind of loathing these shows, but uh, I think it was our love for the shows that first got us into watching these shows. That is true. Okay, so, it, you know, it is it is a little bit of a, a love-hate relationship, I would to say, at this point. <laughs> Very much so. But, you know, out of all the shows, I would say there's still at least two of them that we really love. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a full episode because we had, we took a week off, and that was a episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we came back all the shows on the CW, so we have Flash, uh, uh, Black Lightning, Arrow to talk about. Then we also have Gotham to talk about, and we have two episodes of... No, one episode of... Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to talk about. Right. All right. So we got a full boat. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about some televised heroics news. Uh, Daniel, what was the first article you want to talk about? That um, we're going to be getting off, uh, getting more Walking Dead spinoffs. <sighs> yes, we are. So we already have one Walking Dead spinoff called Fear the Walking Dead that's not quite doing as well as the original. However, the original is not doing as well as it used to do either anymore, ratings-wise. Um, and when we talk about that episode, the return episode of that uh, coming up, uh, I'll give you my opinion on why it's not doing so well anymore. But right. uh, what what did you think of what Scott Gimple had to say about spinoff shows? It's just interesting, man, um, especially since we're talking about or how you brought Fear the Walking Dead up that, you know, it's doing poorly, yet they still want to go ahead and um, bring more shows onto here. Um, and I'm still looking for that <laughs> again. Um, but what was it that he said again? He said that uh, prepare for more shows, not just traditional shows, but non-traditional shows having to do with uh, The Walking Dead. Here, we're going to be doing traditional stuff, non-traditional stuff, stuff people don't expect. Uh, but yes, definitely scripted. The odds of unscripted are very remote. But I'm not going to say no. We're going to have cool new Walking Dead stuff. So, I mean, it sounds like to me, what it sounds like is that AMC realizes that the original um, show, The Walking Dead, isn't doing so well anymore. And what they want to do is keep that name and hope that people will return. But they want to do different things. So, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, how, how many different things can you really do with The Walking Dead name? That's that's interesting. Yeah, maybe it's you're gonna get the people the the sh a show that's done like 
up in the snowy Canada or some shit. And then maybe it's something that's done in the deserts of Egypt. Who really knows? They could go, they could go to a bunch of different places, but I don't really see it doing anything different than just zombies because it's the walking dead. Oh, I, I took it as maybe, you know, we'll get an animated series, you know, we'll get a web series, we'll get a Netflix, you know, exclusive series or something like that. Uh, I mean, I I think AMC would have something else to say about that because I, I, I'm pretty sure that Scott Gimple works for AMC now. He doesn't work for The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, but I, who knows? Because because I know Kirkman has left the the show as a like as a producer. Maybe he's just like a producer in name only or whatever. But he doesn't he doesn't work closely on the show anymore. Right. I think he's just a producer, and that's it. So I think you're right. And Gimple just got fired as showrunner. Stepped down, didn't he? Well, he didn't get fired. He he got promoted. Actually, he got promoted to running uh, AMC's programming. So. Uh, yeah, he's no longer just working on Walking Dead stuff. He also works on anything at AMC. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so so we'll we'll see what that what that entails when it comes about. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really excited about it or not. But uh, I I mean I think there's there's possibilities of doing something cool. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Um. I mean, they already got video games. They already got you know. Um, to TV shows, so I don't know what else they could expect uh, to do, or you know, if you're right that they just decided to film different parts of the world, it's still pretty much going to be the same show. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing. <laughs> really, the only thing I could I could see happening there. Uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about is, and I'm pretty sure that we we talked about it when the, the show was first announced, but since the show has been announced, I've had thoughts about it, and I really wanted to. I really want to 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 go after it but uh dc has announced that with their streaming service they are going to be producing yet another show so aside from titans and young justice season three we're going to be getting a show called metropolis which will take place you know obviously in this the dc city of metropolis but will um be will not involve superman Instead, the show's premise, as we've been told, it will involve Lois and Lex Luthor, or Lois Lane and Lex Luthor, um, kind of solving crimes with 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 uh, with science, like crazy science, crazy tech. Kind of think like Fringe, I would assume. I would assume. Okay. Uh, the thing is. Is that I think a lot of people don't understand why this, why why make this show, and I understand where DC's coming from. It's like, how can we make a show that makes people think about Superman without actually having Superman in it? Kind of the way that Gotham was supposed to be at first. You know, it's it's a show about Batman without being about without having Batman in it. And so steered clear from that. They they did until this season. I don't know, but. Uh, I think the better idea for this show is you have Lois Lane uh, being a news reporter and having to figure out, like, like she she's actually still just a investigative newspaper reporter, and she has to figure out how the some of these crimes are being committed, and you have Lex Luthor as the antagonist, and he's the one that's creating all these new gadgets for criminals to use. 
And then her partner in figuring this out is another scientist by the name of John Henry Irons, who eventually becomes Steel. That's how you make it the show, and that's how you make it interesting, and that's how you get it so that Lex Luthor is still a a villain. You introduce a little bit of diversity with uh, John Henry Irons. And you get that science feel, and they, you know, she's she's a reporter. She and she kind of uses her friendship with John Henry Irons to figure things out. And you know, I just think that's the 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 way that you would go about that. Okay. Also, having Jimmy Olsen as a sidekick too. But never mind. I mean, yeah, definitely have Jimmy Olsen in there for you know for some parts because he's a big part of the Daily Planet, but. Uh, just having her team up with Lex Luthor just seems like a, it seems like a very bland move for me. Why? Because like they tried to do this, they did the same thing with Smallville, where they tried to make it so that uh, Clark Kent and Lex Luthor were were these buddies in Smallville, and it was it took some big cataclysmic like event to make it so that they were enemies. And it's like, uh, I mean, I know there are comic books back in the silver age or golden age where you know superman or clark kent and and lex Luthor were friends and stuff but i just think it's 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 more interesting especially at this point where they're they're going to all be in metropolis that luther should already be you know kind of a megalomaniac scientist businessman and uh you know this is a way that he kind of makes his money by selling these uh, weapons gadgets to criminals or to uh, foreign dignitaries or to, uh, you know, like an evil Tony Stark before he got the Iron Man suit kind of thing. You know what I mean? I dig it. So uh, she she gets another scientist to help her figure out, you know, who's making this tech and how to, how, how to disarm it or how to counteract it and stuff like that. Nice. So I don't know. I, I know DC's not listening to this podcast, <laughs> uh, and they have no idea of fans at all. Or yeah, right. So uh, we'll just I'll, I'll, that would, it's just out there in the ether now, and hopefully it makes it to them, makes it to their ears somehow. We're gonna get a cease and desist order now. No, oh, it's like oh, you you figured it out. You figured out our plans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, that's all we're going to talk about for news this week. It's very short so that we can get on to the TV shows. Let's go ahead and start talking about Legends of Tomorrow. We have two episodes of that. We have the return episode where uh, uh, Le- Leo Day? Snart is... Yeah, Groundhog... No. No, Groundhog Day is the second episode. No, uh, it is Groundhog Day because we have that one. Oh. And then we have the uh, pirate episode. Oh, so we already talked about the Leo Snart episode. Yeah. Um, or the Constantine episode. That's right. I'm I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cut that out. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yes, Groundhog's Day. Great episode. So much fun. Uh, very Zari-focused episode. How long do you think that she actually spent in that simulation? Whew. I think uh, at least a couple of hours. No, no, okay. Okay, yes, in in the real world, it was probably just a couple hours, but how much do you think like her, she experienced inside the, the thing, inside the... Oh, okay. Inside the simulation, because she obviously... It's it's an hour at a time, and she got to like learn everything and do everything, and she even like got to the point where she told Nate that she'd already experienced everything. So she learned the violin. Yeah, 
<laughs> she read Mick's uh, book. Yep. Yeah, which she, she enjoyed. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. But holy crap, no, you're right. Since you put it that way, it had been in that time. It had been a couple of of days, maybe even a whole years. Week. No, it had to have been years, dude. You years. Think it's years? Oh yes, because she learned the violin. She couldn't. She couldn't play a lick of violin. And then by the end of the the time that she was in there, she she played it, you know, perfectly. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> holy shit, then. Yeah, years. That, years. That would drive someone crazy. She already was going crazy. That's true. She was already going crazy. Um, one thing. Okay, so before it was re- revealed that it was all fake and just a, a bunch of simulations, I thought I caught something. I thought there was actually a, some type of time loop that she was caught in. Okay. So there's a part where she goes up to. She has. Um, she and Nate go up to the rest of the crew and this is after the point where like they kept setting off all the traps in Mick's room before he got to the right. um the 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 manuscript that he was writing and she tells she tells uh uh the rest of the crew like uh, I think it was I think it was Ray or oh no they just she just went and tells Ray it's not it's not the rest of the crew it's just Ray and she says something about uh, after Ray says, "Well, it's, then it's Mick," and he, she's like, "Oh, it's not Mick. He just has a, a a book that he's writing." And then Nate says, "Yes, a very, very long, boring book." <laughs> and I laughed at it, but Nate shouldn't remember that because after they read the book, he would have they would have they would have died and he would have raced. So unless. They went back in there, reread the book, and then went and talked to Ray again. Like that wouldn't make any sense. Why would Nate shouldn't remember that at all? Damn, you're right. And then I was, and then by the end, I, and I was all ready. By the time that we got, we were going to talk about the episode. I was going to be like, "Ha ha! I caught them in their time faux pas." But then it's a simulation, so the computer just let it slip through. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Because the computer knows about comedic timing. Yes. Go Gideon. <laughs> Go Gideon. Uh, what, uh, speaking of Gideon, what do you think of her representation? This is the second time we've seen her. Is it? Yeah. When did we see her before? Um, when Rip Hunter leaves the, the ship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. He basically... Oh, wait, no. Um, it's when he's in that coma, actually, and he dreams about Gideon, and he confesses uh, his oh, love for Gideon. That's right. Okay. Now, yeah, now that's coming back to me. Uh, well, okay. Well, what do you think about seeing her again? Do you think this is gonna it's going to play more into this, the story that we see her more often? But why? I don't what know. What would be the significance to seeing her, you know? You never know. What I mean, it could, it could come into play later. She could sacrifice herself somehow that's true and that would tear rip apart <laughs> it probably would um it's very doctor who and i probably said this the other time that we when when it happened because there's a a very popular episode of doctor who where the tardis uh is is put into the body of a of a person or given the body of a person and uh and the doctor kind of flirts with the the body <laughs> or the TARDIS, you know, kind of thing. And it flirts back with him. So there you go. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it was a very fun episode, and it was a way to get Zari to be more part of the team. One thing, though, that I felt with this episode is that this episode should have came in earlier in the season, earlier after we got Zari, because it feels like if if they hadn't mentioned certain things that w- that were relevant to right now, mm-hmm. that this episode would have happened like a couple episodes after uh, they picked up Zari, because... At this point, I feel like she had already bonded with the team. Yeah, I would think so too. But that was kind of the whole point of of Gideon's like uh, intentions is to have her bond with the team so that she'll stick she'll stick around. Yeah, and so she'll be able to change her future, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I didn't really think about it because the last episode was the '60s and this was the '70s, so I was like, oh, they probably did it on purpose. Yeah, no, I, you're you're right. I just I just felt like it was, it, like I felt like someone wrote this episode for earlier in the season, and then they just kept like pushing it back and pushing it back, and then till they finally did. Okay, until they finally did it. Yeah. Well, I don't know why they would do that because I mean this was one of the greater episodes of the season. Well, because you know maybe they just had other episodes where they had to move the story along, and this is more of a filler episode. That's true. So. Not that it was a bad filler episode; it's a great filler episode. It's just it, it's a uh, it's not one that that really motivates the long story, right? It was entertaining. It was definitely entertaining. Uh, we also saw, you know, that Nate and Amaya are not keeping their hands to each other or to themselves. <laughs> All those jokes. Their hands on each other. <laughs> Uh, and then they're using the the mind erase gun on each other <laughs> so that they can forget that they had sex with each other. That's just weird. I I know because they're like, oh no, because if we keep thinking about it, we're you know we're gonna fall into temptation and want it again. So let's wipe our minds. Yeah, and that's all good and fun until someone ends up pregnant, and not understanding why. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, another thing I just saw is like, I mean, if you keep wiping your mind, you know, the whole same sexual tension is going to happen again and you're going to end up doing it again and wiping again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that, you know, uh, that kind of comes into play more into the next episode where she kind of wants him to help her uh, help Kawasa. That was um, at the end of the um, Constantine episode. Was it? Yeah. Man, all these episodes are just bleeding, bleeding together for me. Okay, <laughs> so then... And the next episode was all about the the pirates. And, oh, we got the dread pirate Jawai. Jaiway. 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 There you Do go. Do you know the way? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I had to. Okay. You set me up. Um, <laughs> uh, once again, I thought it was a, another great episode. It was just a lot of fun. I think they're really finding their, their stride with having fun with these episodes instead of uh, trying to be so serious. Maybe the other shows should take a little bit of note. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we got to see Blackbeard. Blackbeard isn't uh, so scary as be- as being reported. Apparently, 
uh, as, as proven in the episode, pirates just like to spread stories. It doesn't really matter if they're true or not. Uh, they'll just go they'll, with it. They'll just go with it. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, Amaya proved her badassness. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, yes. And I'm guessing that's her real accent that she talked in. Wait, she has an accent? Well, in this episode, she gets to do an English accent. Right. But, I mean, she has an accent outside of the show. Well, I would assume that she's English. I don't know. I mean, she she might not be English. I just assume that everybody that does an English accent is English. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maisie Richardson Sellers. That sounds that sounds English to me. Yeah, she was born in London, England, nineteen ninety two. Man, she's young. Wow, she's ten, ten years younger than me. She's twenty six. Wow. But yeah, there you go. Uh, I, yeah, like I said, anytime someone gets to do an English accent in a show where they're not normally doing an English accent, I would say that they're English and they, it's their little hey, I get to do myself. I get to talk in my own voice. My own tongue. Damn. Uh, but the whole episode was about getting to the Earth totem? Earth? Yes. Yeah, Earth totem. Which was very much, I don't know, made me think of uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. Even though she looked a little bit zombie-like, you know, she did have the the vines crawling off of her. Uh, you know, yeah, then maybe zombie-like. Maybe she's a little bit more like Swamp Thing then. Oh, that's true. I I, I don't know, maybe. Um, but what did you think, uh, skipping right to the end, what did you think of Ray coming back and saying, hey, I got to get um, Amaya's totem back uh, and I'll, I'll heal your daughter? Yeah, he did a dumbass move. He took, you know, the villain's word for it that, okay, I'll be okay. They're going to keep their end of the bargain. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty bad, right? Like he should have, it seems like he could have done something to get more back. He could have got like the, like both totems or all three totems or something. I don't know. It seemed like he, he just didn't really, really didn't think that through. No, he did not. Because he another way or another thing too is uh, he could be like, "All right, you toss me the totem, and I'll toss you, you know the antidote." Yeah, and then just and then booked it, but yep. no, he didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean now now he's a prisoner of the darks, and would you have let her die? If uh, I was in Ray's shoes? Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, obviously she's bad, and I don't know. It, it is kind of his fault that she's there, but then he, he also bonded with her earlier on in the season as a younger person, so I guess yeah. I see why he did it. And I think they're just like, oh, you know, since she's your wife in real life, you know, let's have some little drama here. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that Courtney Ford is his real life wife. So that's probably what happened. Probably. Uh, one of the B stories is the fun romps and adventures of Rip Hunter and Wally West. Hell yeah. They went and did karaoke together. 
Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper. Man, they just they they love doing different songs, like 90 songs on this show, don't they? They do. <laughs> I love that that was one of Jess's Jesse's favorite songs. Oh, that's right. <laughs> And then uh, he said he had like 26 different versions of it on his iPod. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> uh, was there, I mean, by the end of that, is was was that all Rip Hunter's like like his uh, uh, intention is to get Wally to eventually just come with him? Yeah, that's pretty much all that it was. Or do you think that he just he, he actually just gave up and was like, okay, let's I'll just do what you want to do kind of thing? No, I think that's his intentions. And, um, I mean, he said I betrayed the legends, you know, three times. So if I went back, they're probably not going to want me there. So maybe, like, if I have Wally and I recruit a Wally, then maybe I have more leverage to talk to the legends and convince <laughs> them to help me out. Because every team needs a speedster, right? Yep. <laughs> um, and then... Ava, Ava and and um, Sarah, what do you think of their relationship? I think it's gonna work temporarily. I think it's gonna work. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, someone's gonna die. Obviously, Ava. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Someone just just gonna kick the bucket, huh? Yep. All right. Uh, her fight against the dark, something's gonna go horribly wrong, and she's gonna die. Yeah, and then poor uh, whatever that dude's name, the the assistant. Oh right, Gary. The glasses. Yeah, he can die too. Hey, do you know the the girl that um, what's his face, Blackbeard, the the love, the girl that he liked, or the girl that he loved that he gave the totem to? Yeah, her name was Anne Queen. Do you think they're gonna? Yeah, do you think they'll tie that into Oliver Queen? Maybe. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Have to think about that. Uh, all right. Something in there that we don't know. Maybe. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh, talk about? I think that's pretty much it for this one. Okay. Let's talk about the Flash then. Uh. uh <laughs> what, what episode was this again? Um, this is the one where they recruit, um, Oh, the fiddler. Yeah. The fiddler. I, you know, I have to say is that I really like, um, elongated man. (laughs) Me too. Uh, and that's pretty much all that I've got for this show at the moment. It's just so boring. Yeah. It really is, man. I mean, Ralph is like the only thing good about the show right now, and I don't, I, I, I don't like that they just keep killing off all these these metas that they're you know that are that have been created. Just to suck the powers. Yeah, just to suck their powers out, and I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to think of the show at the moment. Right, and you know, Barry asked a question like, "Oh, I don't even know what Devo's final plan are. Uh, you know what they are." And I was like, "Yeah, us as the audience, we don't either." <laughs> I mean, I I really hope 
Do you think that by the end of this season, and uh, I fucking hate it, but do you think by the end of the season he's going to end up doing something to travel through time once again? Oh my god! <laughs> so that all those people are alive. Oh, I didn't even think about it. You're right. Because they're killing off a lot of people, and for that to for him to let those people stay dead seems like something the show doesn't really want to do. I think he'll just bring back Lady Luck. I think that's it. Everybody else, you know, they kind of deserved it. Well, the Fiddler didn't deserve it. She was just wanting to be a musician. Oh, that's true. She doesn't deserve it either. And, and you know, um, Ralph does need a love interest, I guess. Well, he needs Sue. Yeah. But whatever happened to the chemistry between caitlin and ralph what I, I thought there was something there i mean where they just finally figured out that hey maybe we're putting way too much on caitlin every season to have new love interests maybe it all kind of just stopped like that uh chemistry and flirtation just stopped that this episode it, yeah yeah i mean it definitely seemed like that yeah that happened this episode so i i, I don't know so, yeah you're probably right the writers are like and eh, the audience is expecting it Change it up. Yeah, true. Um, Cecile uh, is having problems sleeping at night because Joe's mind is way too active when he sleeps, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. Um, uh, uh, Harry creating uh, something so that he can, uh, uh, she can block out those 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 uh, thoughts. And then they, they're like, oh, we can use this to fight DeVoe. And I didn't quite understand how this was supposed to work because they put it on, they're supposed to put it on DeVoe's head and that's supposed to stop him. But he has arms. He can just take it off, right? <laughs> You're right. Which is what he does. And it's just like, what was the plan here, guys? Was he, I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't quite understand it. Oh, because it was supposed to remind us of a flashback from season three. Right. Yeah. When when uh, Savitar was like, oh, this is where we div- we invented this or we yeah, came up with the idea for such and such. But cool. Uh, that didn't help us all, at all, though. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, but we should just reference it. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. This show for a show called The Flash and about speedsters, it's. It's moving way, way too slow. <laughs> they got to stretch it out in like 20 episodes. So, of course, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. I, I And I, I get it. Uh, I guess, yeah, you got to stretch it out. But, like, something's got to happen here, man. Like, I don't know. I, I it, It's just, it's hard. It's hard for me to watch these episodes right now. Same here, man. So <laughs> more entertaining than Supergirl. <laughs> uh too true uh anything else you wanted to say about flash no that's pretty much it uh black lightning then black lightning we see uh jennifer's it's jennifer right the youngest daughter yeah yes. jennifer's jennifer's boyfriend which i should know his name uh get really upset with jennifer and it looks like he's going to be taking up uh tobias Wales <laughs> uh, offer to make him 
something more than what he is because now he's in a wheelchair and he can't he can't move from the waist down kind of thing. Yeah. Um obviously they're going to go get whatever Tobias got injected with. Oh, is that what you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think um they're going to visit Lady Eve and they're like, "Hey, you know how you hooked me up with this? Hook him up with that." Mm, Especially so... since she wants a research have you looked into uh that kid? What's what is his name? Um it, it, have you seen if maybe he's a his name shows up somewhere else like in DC Comics somewhere? Oh, I can look that up right now. I I pulled up his name. Is it is it Khalil? Khalil, yeah. Yeah, okay. Khalil Payne? Yes. Um I, that would be interesting to find out if his character does show up in DC Comics somewhere. But the other big part of the episode is we have Anissa kind of uh, embracing her superhero-ness a little bit more. And in true superhero fashion, superhero comic fashion, Anissa as Thunder and Black Lightning, Jefferson Pierce, fight each other because they both think that they're attacking uh, her, the mother, which I thought was... I thought it was pretty hilarious. Like you have black lightning coming off of his, um, emergency where he, you know, he, his seizures or whatever you want to call them is happening at the beginning of the episode. And he's just kind of going full bore into stopping Tobias since Tobias is the one that killed his father. And you have Anissa who's been researching, going through her grandfather's research and for whatever reason, they it both culminates at the mother. Um, what is her name? Lynn? No. Yes. Is it Lynn? Yes, Lynn. Uh, you know, being held hostage, I guess is the best way, as she was talking to Anissa on the phone, and Anissa makes her way to her mother. Beats the crap out of the hostage takers, which was awesome. But then as she's untying her mother, uh, Jefferson... Or no, was... No, she wasn't... Anissa wasn't talking to her. Uh, Jefferson was, right? Because... On the phone, I think. Yeah, she was trying to convince Jefferson not to kill Tobias. Right. Yeah, that's what it was. And then they popped in there. And then they popped... Yeah, then they popped in. Um... Well, I mean, what do you think of the the interaction between the two of them? Like, they're I I still find like I can understand him not recognizing his daughter, but I still find it funny that she couldn't recognize her father. They had the visor on and it was blocking his eyes. Yes, because everybody knows if your eyes you can't see so, someone's eyes and you can't see who they are. <laughs> I know, smartass. <laughs> um. Oh, and then there was a little bit. There was more with the bullying of Jennifer in, in high school, which I thought it was weird that they brought this over from the last episode because you know they already had their fight the tw- between the two of them. Yeah, and and now you know they added in this other part, and then the whole good hair, bad hair thing, which I thought it was interesting that she's like, I don't give a crap about that part. It's the whole that they were making fun of Khalil. Yeah. Uh, that really sucked. So 
I don't know. Stand up for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so did you look up Khalil's name? He's not a character. Not a character. All right. Well, you know, that's okay. They're making new characters for the show, which is good. Uh, hopefully more than a throwaway villain. Hopefully more than a throwaway villain. Uh, what? I mean, anything else you wanted to say about the show? Uh, I don't think so. Not, not a whole lot happened in this one. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't too much there. You know, it was more about whether or not. I guess it was more about the fact that her, he's finding about out about his daughter, and his daughter's finding out about him. And I think that's gonna the wake of that is gonna is gonna be more interesting in the next episode. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, okay, uh, let's go over to Arrow then. And I, I remember watching this episode, and I text you, and I just said this is probably one of the worst episodes of the of the of the whole show. Oh man, it was it was bad. It was it was so bad. And this is the show Arrow. I want. I don't want to say that I'm an apologist for it, but I feel like more often than not, I have to tell people that no, the, the show is still actually pretty good. There's, you know, there's certain things about the show that are great, but this episode was just so bad, like really badly written too. That and I think that that's the biggest problem for me is that it was so badly written that you just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. The their whole fight with each other just it comes out of nowhere. Oliver has been learning the same lesson for the last six seasons, uh, and he still does the exact same shit. Yeah, exactly. And and Dinah is you know way too reactive at this point. I I don't know her. It's it's too raw, and and then. I don't know, Lance, like Lance and the trying to make Laurel his daughter kind of thing. I don't know. It, it it just all came to a head in just a very bad episode. Like even the fight choreography wasn't good in this episode. Yeah. And I mean, the part that really got me was when they're tailing him to the, to the cabin and, you know, Dinah's like, Oh no. They saw me, and I was like, of course they're going to see you. You're tailing so close. You're an undercover cop. You should know how to keep your distance. No shit. That was, like, horrible. That was horrible work. <laughs> uh, the only, like, I think the only cool thing that I liked was at one point when uh, Oliver is shooting arrows at uh, Terrific, at Curtis. Mm-hmm. Like, he's using his T-spheres to actually combat those and then he grabs one and just throws it at him. And I was like, God, <laughs> it was so horrible. Why did you do that? Because the show's not that creative. <sighs> like, you were doing a good job, and then all of a sudden, dumb shit. <laughs> and I love that, like, all, like Curtis and, and Renee are sitting there kind of telling Dinah that, hey, you're, you're kind of, you're going overboard. You're not doing the right thing. But then they're like, but we're going to stick by you because we're a team. And then to the point that Renee is ready to just like. Murder uh, someone? Well, not murder, but he's ready to um, like take on Oliver for this. Something something that he doesn't even fully believe in to the point that he almost dies. Yep. Because he gets and, sent to the hospital. 
and I love that Renee is such a hothead that he thinks that he could take on Oliver. Like, no, I'm sorry, but you're not a good as good a fighter as Oliver is. You're not even as good a fighter as 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 uh, Diggle is. Like, yeah, I don't even think he's as good a fighter as Dinah is. So I don't know why he thinks that he should he'll be able to do this. Just had a lot of rage and wanted to take it out all on Ollie. I guess. Um, obviously, that did not work out for him. No. <laughs> um, what do you think is is um, Helix Dynamics? Is it still going to be a thing? Are they still going to be going strong? Hell no, they're going to break up. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's on that road already. Yeah, especially with the whole like no. I never want to see you ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what brings the team back together? Do you think at this point, I don't even know, man. I don't know. Nothing can should bring them back. Nothing. I don't think anything can. What do you, th- where do you, how do you think that, uh, black siren got the idea to go take the money? I don't even know, and like, I want to know exactly when she did it, because, you know, she's supposed to be recovering this whole time. Yeah, like, I don't know when she could she must have did it before uh, everything went down, like, before uh, uh, Oliver exposed Diaz, or exposed somebody to, um... Uh, what's Caden James, but wouldn't Caden James have had like computer alerts set up for if someone touched the money? <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, I would think so. So that would, it, yeah, it made absolutely no sense that it was her that took the money. It should have been Diaz if it was anybody. Maybe Diaz was still tying up loose ends and, you know, making everything, making sure everything, you know, flowed perfectly. I, I guess I don't. I don't know. Uh, what do you think of the ending of the sh- episode with all the money problems? Uh, that's just depressing. That sucks. And also, uh, what do you think about Laurel at the end? Uh, and in what way? What, what what happened? When she's walking up to the van and she's like, "Oh my god, I've been kidnapped. I've been lost for two years." Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. Do you think that she's playing that guy or is she actually has amnesia? I don't think she has amnesia. I think, uh, I mean, she can't kill the guy because she can't drive herself to the, (laughs) you know, ER. So she's just playing. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Even though it's going to be weird because she's bringing it up to the public eye and, you know, Dinah will be able to follow her all the goddamn time. (laughs) Maybe, though, she'll be able to hide in plain sight because people will think that she's the real Laurel, the one that died um, uh, by Damien Dark's hand. Because she she exposed herself when she did it, when, when they took her into the hospital. Right. So... I don't know. Something, they'll be like, oh, this is another superhero thing of why she's back. Makes sense. Yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
so yeah uh anything else you wanted to bring up about the episode no all this week has really been bland for me in regards to the shows uh well i would say that the the next show that we're gonna talk about um ages of shield did, we, did you feel it was that was a bland episode too i really hell no it. okay it was good <laughs> Uh yeah no Agents of Shield uh their return episode they they're back to the present time uh and now they're in the lighthouse which is a thing apparently it was a it was a location that we didn't know about and it's a uh, it's it's up in the past and we we found another Chronicon is that what they yes. were called yeah but uh yeah he didn't make it too long. The Chronicon, I thought he ended up, uh, Enoch obviously didn't make it too long, but I thought that Chronicon made it okay. No, he dies at the end of the episode. He, he, he tries to shield the, the bomb going off. Oh, the, sh- yeah, you're right. So, you know, that, which I thought was interesting that they didn't, f- that they're doing all the studying of it and they couldn't figure out that it was a bomb. That's like, true. You know, Fitz being as smart as he's supposed to be. That is really, really true. I don't even know why I didn't think about that. Um, another new ep- new not episode, new um character that we were introduced to was uh, Ruby? Ruby. Yeah, Ruby's character played by Dove Cameron, which they had been uh, teasing that she's sh- coming to the show. Um, since the beginning of the season, uh, she is the daughter of the general that we saw in the episode where Fitz was trying to figure out where his friends were. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she's not a nice person. Which one or both of them? Cause both of them aren't. Oh yeah. Both of them aren't, but we already knew that the, that general Hale wasn't a nice person. I'm talking about Ruby. Oh, that's true. You know, she when we're first, we're first introduced to her, she is um, in her bedroom and she has like a uh, Agent uh, Johnson or no, I'm sorry, a Quake poster on her wall. And she seems to be a typical teenage girl that's into her music and, uh, you know, into her heroes and stuff. But by the end of the episode, after she cuts off fucking yo-yos, yo-yos arms. arms which we saw in the future. The future Yo-Yo didn't have arms. Uh, I guess this is how it happened? I guess. I always... I, well, in that one flashback where Mac was gone, you know, she had both her arms. Okay, so I was thinking about this too. We know that Fitz can build... Or Fitz and Simmons can build uh, fake arms because they've built one for Coulson. So maybe those are fake arms in the flashback and then... Later on, when um, Cassius brings her back to life, he doesn't give her, her, you know, her prosthetic arms because he wants her to be subservient. Oh my god, you're a genius! I mean, it 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 could be that, or it could be that they somehow changed history or changed the future. I Either think they way. changed history. It, I mean, yeah, that could definitely happen. Uh, but I just I don't know that that was it. That was uh, yeah. Do you think that she Ruby is a um uh uh inhuman? She I read powers? an article I read an article that she is supposed to be an inhuman, but I don't know what her power is. 
I yeah, I don't know what her power is either. She throws like a, a like the the fucking weapon that um Xena Warrior Princess has. <laughs> so uh I don't know if she has like the same kind of powers that the Cassius's one hench woman had where but instead of, Yeah, instead of uh fucking balls, metal balls, she throws a metal ring? frisbee ring. Yeah, thank you. Could be it. Or maybe she just has really good accuracy since she fucking chopped off Yo-Yo's arms. Yeah. I mean, was that what she was wanting to do? I don't know. But she said, oh, I had to do it to send a message. She did say that. So it makes me think that, yeah, that's what she was doing. Yeah, she knew what she wanted to do. Holy crap. Like I said, sadistic, sadistic fucking character. Fourteen year old. Fourteen year old. That 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 girl's not fourteen. <laughs> I mean, she's playing a fourteen year old, but she ain't. She ain't. 14. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I, I did like the nice little throwback or Easter egg or nod. I guess is the way to put it to General Rick Stoner. Rick Stoner, played by Patrick Warbart Warburton. Yes. Uh, Rick Stoner in the comic books was the original director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And when he was assassinated, Nick Fury took over. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it kind of it kind of fits in. It, it all comes circle, you know, uh, making it so that you have old S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff in there. Nice. That uh, only true fans would know. Yeah, or, stuff. yeah, a very deep cut, basically. And I, I loved his little, like... You know, he's a hologram and stuff, so he's like, follow me this way. Ha ha, I see, I'm still here, kind of thing, you know. It's very yeah. much um, uh, Portal, you know, with Cave Johnson and all that stuff. Yeah. Goofy moments. Which, yeah, which, which which was great. It was it was nice little uh, touches. Yeah. Uh, last part I want to talk about is uh, the return of Carl Crusher Creel. The Absorbing Man. Yes. Did, uh, the we... one that got recruited, right? Yeah, at the end of the episode, he gets recruited by General Hale. Yeah. But didn't the last time we saw him, didn't we see him die? Like, he didn't he touch the the the, the stone that the turns people inhuman and stuff and, like, he blew it up. killed him? Oh. I don't even know. I thought I thought that's what happened, but maybe maybe I'm I'm remembering wrong. But or maybe if yeah. it did happen, he'll be like, "Oh, I wasn't really dead." Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's the nature of his power is kind of weird. So, uh, it it could it could be something like that. But do you think that he is going to be, um, one of the reasons why the Earth is cracked in half in the future? Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Um, I thought it was just gonna be a regular henchman. Oh yeah, nothing no. to do with it. You know what? I don't know. But you might not. Have, were you watching the the show when when he was first showed up? I don't know. I don't think you were yet. Okay. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, but you know, he's the absorbing man, right? Right. So the, anything he touches, he can take on the characteristics of that material. So. 
if he touches a tire, his body becomes rubber and things bounce off of him. If he, if he touches uh, stone, his body becomes stone and he can uh, become somewhat invulnerable kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I think it, I think in the episode, like way back when, he touched the item that helped them find uh, the 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 hidden city that that where Daisy first got her powers from, and he, because of that, it, it killed him. If I remembered correctly, but maybe I'm not remembering correctly. It was you know a few seasons ago. Okay. Uh, oh, I guess the last thing I want to really want to talk about was the return of the agent, um, Piper, what it, agent Piper. Yes. Uh, played by Brianna Vinkus, Vinkus, Vink, who we also know is a agent of the DEO over on Supergirl. Yep. And, um, she's part of the fish community in, uh, the walking dead. That's right. She's part of the Oceanside, uh, family or was it Riverside? No, it's Oceanside. Yep. Uh, so, you know, and I assume that they're going to, sh- they're going to show up at Oceanside here pretty soon too. So we might see her yet again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, what did you think of her in this episode? It was, I, at first when she first betrays them, I felt like, oh, I felt so, but be- I felt like really betrayed that she would, she would betray them. But then I thought about it I was like, yeah, she had no idea that they were where they were she thought that they were gone so she wasn't really betraying them she just was kind of getting a new job oh i i knew it was gonna happen that she was gonna betray him uh she just came off to uh twitchy i guess (laughs) (laughs) and jumpy so i was like ah she has something you know something's going on she's fair enough i i was not expecting it so uh you got one up on me Woo! <laughs> uh, cool. Anything else you wanted to bring up? I no. I think I think that's it. Uh, okay. Let's let's talk about The Walking Dead then. And I guess my theory is completely ha! gone. Ha! I mean, ha! it. I still think it would have been a good way to end the show, but. If they don't want to do that, then I guess they don't have to do it that way. So this episode, I really want to say that this this episode embodies why a lot of people have jumped off this show. Why is that? Because the draw. There's the. I really feel like the there's the. Uh, how can I say it? The drama in this show is lacking now. Like a lot of it is so far gone because this episode was so slow and the time jumping and the the flash forwards whether or not they're real or not real anymore who fucking knows um it it's just it's so scattered there's their 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 storytelling is not coherent anymore to the point that people it gets keeping people interested i think it's i think it's deterring people and and making it so that people are going away from the show yeah um one of the groups uh blue ribbon army uh some of the guys there were saying like oh you know gimple's the one to blame ever since uh he became showrunner the storytelling hasn't been the same and i could see that but you know who i blame a little bit more is greg nicotero like yes He's been directing a lot of the episodes, you know, at the last like 
what four seasons? I want to say yeah, yeah, and he's an amazing effects artist, and I imagine he has a lot of great stories and stuff. But I really feel like he's going a certain way with his episodes and stuff that it's just they're not they're not good. <laughs> but also, when Nicotero directs something, I think he tries to go too artsy with it and there's too much symbolism and you know imagery and all that yes stuff. exactly yes yes because he's a very visual person and don't get me wrong that can make for great episodes but you have to remember that you're telling a story and it's a story that's that's going over many episodes people want something to grasp onto yeah and it just feels like we're not getting that in this and fuck me how long did it take carl to fucking die from a from that bite it seemed like he was he was he gets bit and like two weeks later is when he finally fucking croaks like he doesn't even croak from the from the from the bite he has to shoot himself like everybody else in this show like gets bit and turns almost instantly but no carl gets the fucking last the next month and a half He 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 goes and he plants fucking trees. He goes and he writes handwritten letters to everybody that he loves. He he goes and you know takes care of Judith. Like he is he's the bad guy in the fucking group of any zombie movie that gets bit and doesn't tell anybody and then just stays in the group and then all of a sudden you know someone turns around and is like oh shit and gets bit too and then now your group is fucking half gone because this one guy didn't tell anybody like he's holding Judith in his lap on the on the porch he could have turned right at that moment at that moment and then all of a sudden Judith is now dead way to go carl like to me Damn. They're, 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 to me they're giving carl all this like gravitas of Oh, he's such a mature guy. He's become this, you know, leader up into this episode. Like he's he's done so much good. It's like, no, no, no. He has not earned any of this respect that you're trying to make me give him at this episode. Up until last season, not like at the beginning of this season, he was still pulling bullshit bonehead moves by going over to the fucking sanctuary and thinking that he was going to kill Negan on his own. Maybe that was last season. I don't know. It's just, (laughs) it's dumb. He is not earned. He is still fucking the Carl that should have been in the house when, you know, and started shit. Look, this is even, even this proves it. He, if he would have fucking just stayed at the house, like his dad told him to, instead of going out and wandering around, he wouldn't have gotten bit. That is true. I mean, come on, man! Don't you can't sit here and like make me think that his his character has matured all this much. He's not. It's it, I don't know. Uh, We're supposed to give him a, a meaningful death, and it's supposed to mean something. So you know, but it's all it's all crammed into this episode. How is it? It doesn't mean shit to me. It's true. Well, you have you know the previous seasons to be like, oh yeah, I really did like Carl. Oh, it sucks he's dead now. I, I no, not for me. I I I still think Carl was a terrible character. He was a catalyst for uh the fucking problem of the week for most of the seasons. Uh, and then he he he, he served ap- obs- he served almost no purpose, even towards the end. Like it it I don't know. It just pissed me off. So, uh, what do you think of the? 
I mean, did you have something you wanted to add to that? I just I I'm I'm gonna change subject before I get more bl- blood boiling. No, not, no, you did a good job. Okay, what do you think about the the flash forwards? Then, do you think those are real or are those all in Carl's head? That, those can't be real, man. No, not at all. You can, you can't you can't picture three years down the line where you know everybody's living harmoniously and they're he's growing veg everybody's growing vegetables in their yard and shit. Maybe if Rick gets a better beard, then maybe I'll believe it. But no, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody. I mean, we're supposed to assume when Carl tells the the story of like, "Hey, I've seen the future. I've seen what it looks like, and we can all." be great together and stuff like that, that we're like, oh, every flash forward we've seen up until this point has been a lie then. It's just been Carl, uh, you know, Carl's imagination so that uh, we can look towards the future. But then after he dies, we see the flash forward where Negan is in the garden as well and he sees Judith and he's like, oh, hi there, little girl, or whatever it is that he says. So that's to imply that it is kind of a flash forward, that this this is something that's going to happen. So you think it will happen? I have no fucking clue at this point anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what they're implying. Yes, that is what they're implying, yes. Is it going to happen? Probably no. <laughs> when when does something good happen to the group? <laughs> well, I mean, I think... Kirkman said it earlier on in the show's history where he said that if something happen, something good happens to the group like that, then the show's over because, you know, if they don't have conflict, then what's the point of having a show? Right. And I just wish that the show did a better job at creating conflict because it's getting yes. too repetitive. It's getting very repetitive. Like, we need to... F- I have to say one of the good things that happens in Fear the Walking Dead, and this is probably because it's still earlier on in the history of the world, is that the zombies are still a fucking problem. Like, they're still a thing to fear and a, a thing to be afraid of. In this world, the only thing in, in the Walking Dead show, the only thing you fear or have a problem with is other people. And it's just, we had that issue all the way back with fucking the governor. And it, now we've gone through how many iterations of that that it's just it's so repetitive it just does not fucking work. Listen up, you. Yeah, um, that goes to AMC and to everybody else. I hope you guys <laughs> got that message. Yes, I mean at some point we need to we need to focus on rebuilding the world. Like we need to, you know, there's got to be like. Okay, what happens when we run out of food that we've scavenged? What happens when uh, you know plumbing doesn't work anymore? They need to work on infrastructure and uh, stuff like that. I don't know. It's just every week with the whole you know the saviors and stuff. It's just it's it's harsh. It's it's really harsh. Now, what do you think of Morgan and? Uh, Gavin? Carol. Oh, dude. Like the two of them going in there and fucking saving uh, Ezekiel. That was badass. They are the best sidekicks ever. It it was. It was pretty great that the two of them them were doing that and uh, totally kicking ass and, you know, picking off people one at a time. 
it was it was so systematic and so great but we saw morgan like slipping into that that fucking deranged look again and then when he has kevin and he's going to fucking kill him and carol stop oh i'm sorry gavin and she's he's going to kill him and carol stops him and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you you're the one that made him this way again like you sat there and berated him until the point where he had to kill people again because you said it just can't happen that way anymore. You can't let people live. And then you're going to stop him and be like, no, you don't want to do this. It's not you. It's like, ah, oh, Carol, I can't believe you. Fuck you. Like, I love Carol. Carol's an amazing character. She sticks to her guns. But then that little speech was just fucking stupid. The one that should give him that speech should have been Rick. No, it should have been Ezekiel because Ezekiel is the one that still believes in, in good stuff happening. That's true. Like, and then the little, uh, so I guess the kid's little brother kills Gavin. That, that came out of left field for me. And for some reason it came out of left field for everybody else in that scene. Like, did they not see the little kid walking up? He's right there. <laughs> he was just a really good sneak attack. I guess. He, he, yeah, he put all of his fucking points into sneak. He had 100 in sneak. Yep. Oh, for man. all those Skyrim players. How how do you think um, Negan is going to react with, you know, Gavin being dead? I, I, don't, I don't even think he's going to fucking know. Like, he, I, I don't think he cares. Um I mean, it. I don't even think if if they hadn't sent back that one body to Negan for him to have to deal with, uh, I don't even think he would have even known that guy was dead. Damn. I. I mean, look at Negan. He doesn't care as long as he has his power. He doesn't fucking care. That's true. What'd you think of the way that they were able to get rid of all the walkers in front of the sanctuary? I didn't think about that. Um, that was actually a pretty smart way. It was smart, but it felt like to me it felt like a cop out. Like if they had those resources, why was this even a problem? That was a lot of bullets that they wasted on killing all those walkers. Is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, they even said it too. Like, oh, you know, we're gonna be low on ammo for quite a while. Yeah. So. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe was, because even though we haven't seen it happen, maybe because, you know, Eugene can make ammo for him. Yeah, but do you, you know how long it's going to take him to make all that ammo? A long time. Yeah, he's one guy and he has one fucking press. It's not going to it's not going to happen overnight. It's true. Um, um, speaking of ammo, he hasn't made any. Yeah, and he hasn't made any yet, so... <laughs> Uh, it's going to definitely be a long time. Uh, we had more between Daryl and Dwight. You know, there's still the animosity there. Uh, Daryl is taking care of Judith as um, everybody makes their way to the hilltop. The hilltop. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much covers everything. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh are you are you interested at all in what uh Carl wrote in all those fucking letters? 
All the ones that I really want to read is are the only one I want to read is one for Negan. Really? That's what could he say to him? You know? Hey, thanks for making me feel good about myself and my eye being gone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't I have know. these dreams about you. No, don't worry, they're dry dreams. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm I didn't guessing, say wet, I said dry. I know, but you're implying that they were <laughs> that that the other type were wet. So, uh, I don't know if if he if it if if the flash forwards are all in his mind and in his flash forward he has Negan, you know, as part of the community. It has to say something to the effects of, "I've seen the true you." You know, you're a nice guy. You shouldn't be doing this. You know, keeping people as, uh, you know, the way that you keep them at the sanctuary is not the right thing to do. And I'm, you know, I'm a 13 year old, so you need to listen to me. I, I, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's. I have no idea. Like, what does his letter to Enid even say? Like, I have emotions for you, but I'm dead. So. Meh, meh. <laughs> I hope you find someone as strong and as courageous as me, a 13-year-old boy. Yeah, I mean, it's just... <sighs> this, it, it, it irked me that he wrote all these letters. It's like, it's a cool little thing to like that you hear. Like, someone's like, in the writing room, they were probably like, oh, what if he like handwrites a whole bunch of letters to everybody that he loves or, you know, everybody that touched his life or whatever. Yeah, that's that sounds great. But then, as it's executed in the show... It just to me it was like this is dumb. Like, yeah, it was just those... last minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I don't know. It, it's... I, I knew those cut. This was coming, so I wrote these letters. Bye now. Yeah, exactly. It's just it. It was so so boring. This episode was just so bad. The all the Carl parts were bad. They definitely were. And and then, you know, as I'm watching the Michonne parts of the show, which I still think she knocks it out of the park. Like she does an amazing job acting in this in this episode, in this crap fest episode, that I'm so glad that, you know, Denai Guerrera just is able to do what she she can do. And then I'm like, Oh, you were in you you were in Black Panther. I'm so glad that you have other things that are gonna be good for you in this world because this show is going down the hill apparently, and I hope it doesn't drag you with it. Yeah, it just sucks too how the whole cast was, you know, trying to hype everybody up for you know the one hundred, and then the one hundred wasn't even that great, and then we're here, and it's so not that great. And all the hype know, for nothing. I know, and and like for the whole fucking week, AMC was putting out all these like. Oh, this is this, uh, you know, so and so actor saying goodbye to Car- to um, Ch- Kyler, Kyle Chandler, which you know is great, but why put it out there for everybody to see? Like, we don't need to see that shit. That's that's for Kyle. Like, it's I, I don't know. It seemed like you were exploiting it, especially with all the fucking drama behind the scene drama that we know happened with the uh, Kyle, Kyle's father, and Scott Gimple and AMC. It's probably done on... Oh, shit, you're right. No, it couldn't have been done on purpose. Well, I was still I was still under the impression up until the episode where I was like, see, they're putting all this shit out because he's not going to die. Why would they, <laughs> you know, why would they do that? That's just dumb. But nope, they did it. They did the dumb, they did the dumb thing. Hey, that, um... Oh, the Andy Lincoln one, that one was funny, though. 
I didn't. I didn't watch any of them. I would not do it. I wasn't gonna do it. And I was like, no, fuck you, people. I'm not doing this. Andy Lincoln was singing to to Chandler. Riggs. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's that. That's sweet. But he did a cover of a uh, the Havana song. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Andy Lincoln. He is awesome. Uh. All right. Any anything else you want to talk about The Walking Dead? I think I've ranted against it enough. I uh, I think we're in a good spot. Um, just again, this week was just really bland with everything except for Agents of Shield and you know Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. Oh, you know what? And uh, yeah, exactly. There's, there wasn't there's wasn't a lot of great stuff happening in the show, and uh, I forgot we forgot one show. We forgot Gotham. Um, but- that's how boring it was. Yeah, exactly. It was not good. Uh, like, I don't know if they're just dropping uh, Bruce Wayne for right now or what. I mean, the stuff with Alfred was kind of cool. I liked to see that he was more hands-on and, like, fucking taking out his frustrations on the world on, you know, these uh, this fucking these other low lives, But... Like, the stuff with uh, Poison Ivy, like, it, I don't know. I just didn't feel anything for it because they now changed the actress three times. Um, the stuff with the sirens, who cares? I, I don't. Like, that, that commercial they made was just dumb. Like, I, I get what they were trying to do, but it's like it makes absolutely no fucking sense with those characters. Um, uh, right. Uh, Why well, have Selena in the commercial as well? Yeah. And she's a child. Exactly. She is not not 18. She is a child. Uh, Well, hey, you know, it's Gotham. They don't card you. Yeah, that's so dumb. Like, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, The stuff with uh, the Riddler, like he's in love with um, Leslie now or Lee or whatever they call her. Uh, Or the Doc, which was was also not great. She's, She's trying to rally the fucking Narrows together to... To go up against the rest of Gotham? Like, okay. Where did this come from? Yeah, exactly. Where the fuck does this come from? (laughs) And then the Riddler, his alter ego, you know, because apparently he's Two-Face also. um, You know, he uh, hires the Toy Maker, not the Toy Man, which is a Superman villain over in Supergirl. But the toy maker that is in one episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold and almost non-existent in DC Comics anywhere else, but essentially the same character as the toy man. Yes, they made this guy, they put this guy in the, in the fucking Gotham. And the actual toy maker that's from the Bra- Batman the Brave and the Bold is the son, the one that we saw in that, that was not the villain of the episode. And the the same son, the one I was all scared? Yes. Fucking. God, this fucking show. They probably didn't think that you were going to catch it. I guess. I don't know. I I don't know, man. (laughs) The Alfred's part of the show was probably the only thing that I enjoyed. The rest of it was, was pretty terrible. Yeah. So, how much longer, you know, are we going to have to see douchebag Bruce Wayne? 
uh, fuck, I, I really hope that your theory was right and that he it's all an act so that he can establish the fact that Bruce Wayne is a playboy, you know, party boy, party man kind of thing and that eventually he'll start doing the whole Batman thing. But, God, I hope it's not long because it, it's hard. It is hard to fucking suffer through douchebag Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and a kid nonetheless. And, and a kid nonetheless. You're right. Yeah, they, they. If they were gonna do this, they really should have just did a time jump and had fucking a older actor play Bruce Wayne. I agree. Maybe like a 17 or 18 year old Bruce kicking out or firing um, Alfred. Yeah, and yeah. then being a playboy like this, yeah, that would work out perfectly. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know exactly how old David. Mazoo or however you say his last name or David M- Mazoo uh is but he still looks like he's 13 to me. Yeah. Can't be that old. Uh yeah, exactly. It's just it was uh, I I don't know I don't know what, how to put it. Let's see. 2001 so was when he was born. So So 17. Damn, that kid is 17. He looks like a child. He does. Holy crap. He does not look 17. Holy shit. Maybe that's why they cast him for Bruce, since they're going to do all that Batman stuff. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they couldn't have, they couldn't have thought of that way back when, when they were, when they cast him in 2013 though. I mean, he was, he was 12. I don't know. Anything else you want to say about the show? No. <laughs> no, show, I am done. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I think that that's all the shows for the week. We we got through them all. Uh, I we I think we covered the important parts. So it's time to uh, pack up the episode. Is there if there's anything that anybody would like to throw in on these shows that we missed or? you'd like to elaborate on, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel's also on Twitter as super commie Daniel. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio network. But until next time, this is Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.